Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. You can be seated. You look so beautiful this morning. <laughs> it's so great to be with you. Okay, so in your Bibles or with your phones or your tablets, please turn to Psalms 139. I am actually going to be reading from the NIV, and I am going to be reading verses 1 through 18. <laughs> you have, let me give you a second to get there. And it's so good to have you guys joining us online. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The light will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And then I'm going to ask you guys to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read from the NIV verses 4 through 8. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Even though in this translation it says in Jesus Christ. 
in order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm just going to, I'm not going to ask you guys to turn to this scripture, but we've also been taught and we've read in this church that God has even numbered our hairs, right? He knows he's numbered our hairs. I'm going to ask you guys to participate with me. I need your help. Raise your hand if you can think of someone right now that you love. You love this person. You would do, you would give your life to save this person's life. Raise your hand. Okay. Now raise your hand if you do not mind me using you as an example, asking you to come up. And online, there were so many people who raised their hands. They can think of someone they love so very much, someone that they would give their lives to help protect. So I'm going to ask someone that wouldn't mind me calling you out. All right, come on. <laughs> All right. So you can think of someone that you love, like you would describe them maybe as your heart outside of your chest, and you would give your life without a thought to protect their lives, right? Okay. You ready? I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, but first I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs> okay. How... Wait, have you numbered their hairs? You haven't numbered their hairs? Okay, do you know about how many hairs they've had throughout their life on their head at least? Maybe, no. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> she said, tell the truth. <laughs> no? Okay, do you know them so well yet? that you can just, like, you know what they're thinking, like, before they think it all the time. Like, you know them so well, you don't get it wrong. You never get it wrong. I'm, you never get it wrong with that person. Okay. I'm going to stop here, but... I'm going to ask you guys to raise your hand if you never get it wrong with the person you thought about. You're the only one, but that's awesome. All right, thank you. God has numbered your hairs. Not like this is hair number one. This is hair number, not count. He's numbered them. This was hair number, you know, 34 when you were two months old. And they got, you know, twisted in the cotton sheet. God's love for us is beyond what we can comprehend. And I'm sure you guys who raise your hand, y'all really, y'all, I'm sure y'all really love the people you raise your hand. I mean, you were thinking about. I know, you know, I know I do. 
How would you guys feel, though, if that person that you were thinking about didn't know how much you loved them? Right? Hurt. Man. <laughs> how do you guys think God feels when we don't understand or forget how much God loves us, right? God doesn't love you because you're good enough, because you're religious, and you've never missed a Sunday. <laughs> God doesn't love you because you're good, you know? He loves you because you're his child. He loves you because you're you. So it's really, really, really important that all the time, all day, all night, when we do our best, when we do our worst, that we're always mindful of how much God loves us. Because it's just the truth. And when we are reminded, of, when we're mindful of that, it'll help us in those moments to uh, make wise choices, make choices that line up with the Word of God because we are easy, we're, e we're, it's easier for us to recognize the lies of the enemy. <laughs> and we won't fall into Satan's trap. We won't be bait today, right? Not today. God's favorite. We see John in the Bible, the apostle, uh, the disciple John, he referred to himself four times as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I know Pastor Carrick in, in pa uh, previous message have mentioned how throughout his life he would refer to himself as God's favorite. And that was so true. That was so true. It took me a while to oh, be okay with that. Um, <laughs> it was strange and it excluded me and it made me feel away. But then I got over it, because he would be like, I'm God's favorite. I'm like, but I'm God's favorite too. And he's like, but I'm God's favorite. I'm like, but I am also God's favorite, and that is true. And he just never included me in that little phrase. And I'm like, you know, God's big enough to love us all, <laughs> for us all to be favorites. And I don't want to say Pastor Carrick was never, ever thinking that I wasn't. This was just his confession over himself, and that never varied. It never varied. It always remained singularly about him. <laughs> and as I listened, I just had to choose to, first of all, not be annoyed <laughs> and not make it, you know, seem like he's trying to say that I'm not God's favorite, right? Uh, but John says it four times, the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? When Mary and Martha uh, sent note to, to their friend, Jesus, asking him to come to pray for their brother who was about to die, Lazarus, who was about to die. In the note, Jesus said, the one you love is sick, right? The one you love, Jesus, needs healing, right? We need to know that Jesus loves us. 
The Bible tells us to boldly approach the throne of grace in our time of need where we will receive help in our times of trouble. We'll get that help from the Lord. You know, there's like, so my, she just turned four in July. My four-year-old, it's so funny. She came to me the other day and she was asking for monies. That's what she said. Um, she was like, mommy, can I have monies? And then she decided to continue to explain why she needed the money. Um, and the first thing she said, I feel like she was just not going to do that. But it was for me to hear so that I felt like, yes, here, have the money. She's like, I need it to buy vegetables. <laughs> and then she went on with all the other things. And all the other things were true to her choices, at least thus far in life. But the very first thing she said was vegetables. I was like, and then I was like, um, you know, Ellie, sure. And she's like, great, can I have these monies? And she showed me like all this money that was in her hand. I'm like, Ellie, where did you get that from? She's like, daddy's wallet. <laughs> if her big sister Ariana tells her anything and she's like, I don't know. She immediately runs to her father. Daddy! Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I have this? Can I have that? And honestly, we're so, we're like amazing parents. Pastor Carrick's the best father. He's just the best father. But he almost always says yes. Matter of fact, not sure if I've heard him say no. I'm pretty sure it has happened. My kids hear me say no all the time. They don't even actually have to hear me say it. They can look at my face and they'll change their mind before even asking because they're like, mommy, never mind. <laughs> That's my experience. But Carrick always says uh, yes, right? I say all of this to say this. We need to be like that with God. His promises are yes and amen. We need to go to him so, I mean, just, just so bold. We know, we know he loves us. We know he's for us. We know we are the one that he loves. We know that if we ask him for healing, he will give it to us. We also know that when he teaches you after you've received your supernatural healing, how to live this life well, the right way, taking care of your physical body the way that he designed for it to work, <laughs> that he's not trying to ruin our lives because he's asking us to put the fried chicken down, <laughs> to stop eating desserts for breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner, second snack, right? <laughs> that he's not trying to ruin our experiences on this side of heaven so that we are sad all the time, bored all the time, right? That's not what he's doing. <laughs> and then, you know, in time, we get revelation. <laughs> We're always like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. The food's now not nasty. It's not nasty anymore. You like it. You prefer it. You prefer it, right? That's how it works. And you get to live a long life and see all of these 
good things that God has planned for you that he's planned before you even came that you didn't even know could be a reality for you. All right. So God has unlimited favors by the, favorites, by the way. <laughs> Not just Pastor Carrick. <laughs> but Pastor Carrick is absolutely God's favorite. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and turn to... I'm going to read this very quickly. Um, in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. It says, Therefore the Lord waits expectantly and longs to be gracious to you. And therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you, for the Lord is a God of justice. People aren't. God, God is not like man. People oftentimes are not just, right? Justice oftentimes cannot be just, right? But God is not like man. So God, the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed, happy, fortunate are those who long for him since he will never fail them. All right, so let's go ahead and turn to John 8, and I'm going to read, and this is where the message will come from, verses 1 through 11. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right. Okay, you can stone her. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the Otis, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. 
of the um, translations, when it says, um, in one of the translations, it says they snatched her. They snatched her. Now I want you guys to um, use your imagination with me today. All right, so she is either the, the woman or the man. One of them were married, because if they weren't married, it wouldn't have been adultery, right? So one of them is married. So she went from being in a private, intimate setting experiencing intimacy, experiencing the intimacy of her lover, right? To being yanked out of that experience or snatched out of that experience into captivity. And now she's on trial, so to speak, to be stoned to death. That's what should have happened. She should have been stoned to death, right? So, pretty sure she was naked. She was naked, you know, before she was being snatched. They didn't stop and say, put on your clothes. <laughs> We're gonna treat you with dignity and respect. That's not what happened. So, she is naked on the ground uh, in front of a lot of people, a crowd, a crowd, a crowd. It's bad enough. First of all, you, you got caught. <laughs> That's already bad. <laughs> you are unclothed. <laughs> That's always bad. But then you're in front of a crowd. This is a lot. This is a lot. And that's not even the worst part because she's about to get stoned. <laughs> she's about to die. That trumps being naked in a crowd. She's about to get stoned to death. That sounds like... Oh my. I don't even like stubbing my toe on a stone. Right? In the Bible, it doesn't even mention that the man was there. Now, by law, he should have been there. But again, this was a trap for Jesus. They weren't, it was, she was just collateral damage. It didn't have anything to do with her. Don't let Satan use you as collateral damage, right? Right? So anyway, she's on the ground. And I heard another pastor say this, and I just, I thought it was so beautiful. Um, he was highlighting that Jesus was also on the ground, or at least close to the ground, right? Right? 
at the end we read that he said that he did not condemn her. He told her to go and sin no more. He told her to repent. That's, that's what he told her to do. See, Jesus, as we all know, or at least a lot of us have been at faith before. Some of you are like, I don't know, this is my first day. I don't know. <laughs> Many of us know uh, that Jesus did not come to condemn the lost, but to save the lost, right? His assignment wasn't to condemn her. He didn't come to, to judge you in that way. He didn't come to um, throw stones at you. He came to help you get back up. He came to save you. Raise your hand if you would describe that moment as a dark one. Raise your hand if that was you. I've had bad days, y'all, but I ain't never had a day like that. Never, ever. <laughs> Pretty sure that would go down in the history of my life as the worst possible day. Period. It's already bad enough when someone know what you did. Imagine you got caught in your home when you were treating your kids and your spouse the way you already know you shouldn't have been treating your kids and or spouse. Imagine we caught you in that moment. And then I said, roll the film. <laughs> in front of a crowd. <laughs> How would you feel? <laughs> right? That's already bad enough. So you guys, this is a very, very dark moment for her. The Bible teaches us that God is a God who will fight for us, right? He's not afraid of your mess. Matter of fact, the Bible says he'll never leave us or forsake us. He didn't say unless. There was no unless. The Bible said he would never leave us or forsake us. You already know she should have never been there with that man at any time, right? She shouldn't have been there. That was foolish on her end. That was wrong on her end. That was extremely unwise. And she should never do it again. But God never left. Jesus didn't forsake her. Jesus was right there with her. And when everybody else left, he was still right there with her. I'm sure it took her a long time to be okay. That's a traumatic situation. Most people don't experience traumatic situations and then like five seconds later be like, oh, I you know, like that. Is, I mean, people probably do, but that's not normal. <laughs> not normal. <laughs> that indicates something more, and Jesus can deliver us from all things. But um, he was right there. 
Jesus fights for you, saint. He's going to stay with you in your darkest moments of life. In the dark places, you are never alone. And it's more than just not being alone. Jesus is there with his hand extended out in your darkest moments, no matter how low. Let me go on this side because I feel like I keep going to the same side. No matter how low, no matter how dark, no matter how dumb that choice was we made, we made. <laughs> Singular, <laughs> me all by myself. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. That's, me, myself, and I deliberately made. <laughs> me, myself, and I tricked myself so that I could do it because I really wanted to do it, but I couldn't do it until I lied to myself and closed my own eyes and confused my own self and had my four, five friends cheer me on saying this is a real good decision. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. This gonna work out well for you. You deserve this. And here's all the reasons why. <laughs> Y'all gotta get some good, godly, <laughs> saved friends, okay? Y'all need some friends that will tell you this is dumb. And you don't need to leave them because they told you. Okay, but in our darkest moments, at the darkest places, he's 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 there with us. He never leaves us. He never um, forsakes us, and he's not just there. It's one thing just being there. I can be there at your darkest moment. We often have people there <laughs> at our darkest moments. Sometimes we by ourselves. Not probably a lot of times, but. A lot of times, other people be right there. They don't know what to do or say either. They just be like. I shouldn't say that. This is hard. Ooh, I wish I didn't come over today. I should have stayed in the house. <laughs> Gotta say something, though. Seems inappropriate to not. You know, you don't know what you say. You try your best, and you, you leave. Okay. You know, say friends, though, they know what to say because they know who to get the words from. They're going to, first of all, quote the word. We're going to be praying. They're going to be, you know, speaking about it's, it's a whole different experience. They're going to be there with you. You might have to ask them, please, to leave. Please leave. <laughs> I just want to sleep now. We done prayed and fasted and heard from the Lord and did all the things. I just cannot thank you. I thank you so much. I just ready to go to sleep. No, no. Okay, nope. It's time for midnight prayer. We're praying to this breaks. <laughs> anyway, um, God is there with us in these moments, and his hand is extended. He's not just there. He's there, and his hand, his hand's extended. And I'm going to ask Rita if she can help me. His hand's extended. 
And all you have to do is interlock your hand with his hand. And I'm not going to pull her up over this. And he will lift you right on up out of that darkness, out of that dark place. He's going to dust you right on off. He's going to teach you, because you know that's what he be doing. He's going to put you through years of training to get to where you need to be. You're going to have to enroll in college, maybe. you have to move to another city. I don't know what God's going to ask you to do. But he always, like, he, he, he's going to, it's like Pastor Kirk has mentioned this, like GPS, when GPS, when you go turn the wrong way, it just updates. And you have to take a different route, but you're still going to get to that destination. And that's what God does. Thank you. He's not giving up on you. Not even when you're on your last breath. You could be down to your last breath online. You have made dumb choices all the way up until your last breath. And because God loves you so much, he always has. He sent his only begotten son so that you can have eternal life if you believe in Jesus Christ. He will be there even then. Hand extended even then. ever-present help in a time of trouble. Run to God all the time. Big things, small things. When you want some monies like Ellie did to buy vegetables. <laughs> or when you are like the, the, the adulterous woman we read about, just one of the lowest points and moments of your life. God is there to help because he loves you. Not because you're of anything that you, it's not conditional. People's love is conditional. God's love is unconditional. He's already made the way for you. You just have to choose to walk. It's like ways again, or, or you know, the GPS. They are, they, they, they laid out a path for me to go. If I don't follow it, it's not their fault that I didn't get to the destination. They're going to keep updating and updating and updating and updating and updating and updating until either my phone dies or I turn off the app. They're going to continuously give me updates. I can be, I could have just, you know, intended to go 30 minutes down the road, and now I'm in a whole nother state. <laughs> and they will still reroute and tell me how I can get all the way back to where I should have been in the first place. 
but I have a choice to make. I have to steer my vehicle in the direction that they are telling me to drive in. And if I don't, <laughs> it is my fault. The audience, someone in, in the congregation said, it's your fault. And that's true. It absolutely is. But yeah, it is. Actually, I don't have nothing else to say about that. That is right. <laughs> but even when that's the case, and even if I did it for way too long, it's not too late until it is over and done, until you have taken your absolute last breath. Now that is a terrible way to live. We read how, we read about how God longs to be good to us. He, he says, you know, he wants to, um, I mean, he says so many great things. He never says that there's not going to be trials or tribulations, but even in the midst of the hurricane, it's like, or the tornado, I'm not sure if it's the tornado, where if you're in the middle of it, it's peace and there's calm. Even in the midst of all of the chaos that's going on, the Lord will, bless you, supernaturally protect you. The Lord will, he sets a table before you in the presence of your enemies, <laughs> right? I was telling, uh, the, the last week I was preaching at Fayetteville location, and I was telling them, um, even though I know God does that, and it's important that people see that, I'm, I'm like shy, not, I'm, I'm not shy, I'm not shy, but I am shy. Like I personally would prefer for my table to be elsewhere. <laughs> I mean, I want the nice table. I just don't necessarily want it in the presence of my enemies. I'd actually probably prefer my enemy's presence to just be elsewhere or, or I be elsewhere. But God is going to bless you in a way that allows other people to see him, to have the opportunity to come to him, to know him, even your enemies. And some people, well, yes, I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> anyway, so, yes. <laughs> but it's important that we understand his love. It's important that we understand how he sees us. When the crowd looked at the lady, when the crowd looked at the woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, they probably saw a sinner. Oh, of course they did. <laughs> they absolutely saw a sinner. Maybe people look at you as a notorious sinner. But God just sees the one that he loves. He does not approve of, love, or like your behavior. He is absolutely not pleased with your behavior. But you are and will always be the one that he loves. And he will always be there with you 
hand extending, extended, waiting for yours to interlock with his, which is a choice you have to make. Big or small, no matter the situation, if it's really a small situation or it's a big situation. And I don't know why sometimes when it's small situations, we just want to handle it on your own. Why do you want to handle it on your own? Like, why? What's the benefit of you doing that? What is the benefit of you leaving God out of that situation? Have you ever went to a restaurant and said, oh, no, no, no. I am taking this menu, and I'm preparing the meal on my own in the back. <laughs> of course, no one would allow you, but why would you want to do that? That defeats the whole purpose of going to the restaurant. Oh, no, 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 don't take this dish. I shall wash it myself. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> because you can. Now, it's different if you have a great desire to do those things, but then you just stay home <laughs> and cook, right? <laughs> Invite people over. <laughs> a lot of times I think, like, the church, like, I think religion, I don't know. It's like we, religion gets us making choices to leave God out of everything except the really, really huge things that we waited way too long, <laughs> right? Oh, well, you know, and that's not his will. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And we know that is a supernatural strength. This is not, this is a, this is a supernatural strength. He didn't say you can do all the big things. He said all things. That includes the small things too. But you have to include him. So, you can live your life annoyed all the time at this little thing that you're managing decently well because you only blow up every once in a blue moon about it because you just can't take it no more. Or you can interlock your hand with his and allow him to help you with that too. There is no need for us to suffer in any area because Christ has already done the work on the cross. He's already suffered on the cross so that you don't have to. It's like if you went out to eat after church and you paid someone for your food and then decided to leave without getting it. I saw some faces, it looked serious. Those faces look like I definitely checked my bag. And if you even missing an item, I'm staying right there at the front of the line. Y'all gonna have to get comfortable, because until I get my fries, right? But um, we wouldn't do that. So Jesus has already paid the price for you to live this 
blessed life full of peace and love that the Lord and the Bible describes as beyond what we can even think or imagine. It doesn't mean it doesn't have any troubles. That's not what that means. But just because you have troubles doesn't mean you have to be stressed. You have to grow weary and well-doing. You have to get sick. You have to have lack of joy. Actually, all these things are the complete opposite of what the Bible asks us to do, right? It says the joy of your, the Lord is your strength. It tells us to laugh. Laughter is medicine. It doesn't tell us cry and be angry. It tells us to do the tells us to do the opposite of a lot of times what we choose to do in those moments. God wants you to have, um, to experience heaven on earth until the end of your days where you have completed everything that you've been placed on this earth to do and you choose in a peaceful setting and situation that it's time for you to go home to be with the Lord after living a very long life. And he has to teach us how to be able to do that. So when we're worried and we're stressed, and that's absolutely not going to end with what it is that he desires for you, the good life that he knows you want and he desires for you, when he tells us not to, it's not because he doesn't care about this, this one moment or this one situation that is ginormous to you, and it is ginormous to you, and it, that's okay. And that's, that's, you know, to God, like, when, when he, before he went to Lazarus and um, raised him from the dead, he cried when he died. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Why did he cry? God knows he can fix this for you. He knows you're going to be okay. Matter of fact, you're going to be, if only you knew how okay you were going to be. But he's compassionate. So it matters because it matters to you. How many of you guys have had experience with little children and, you know, maybe they have a lollipop and the lollipop falls on the ground, or a balloon and a balloon pops, right? Balloon pops. How do they respond a lot of times? Let's say toddlers. They're crying. It's a serious situation, right? You know what? Lexi describes a moment recently as me killing her balloon. First, I went to, we went to a grocery store, and they had a balloon, and she was like, Mommy, can I have it? And I was going to buy it for her, but then someone blessed her with the balloon. Someone who worked at Publix. Lexi definitely knows how to use her faith. I have seen it in action. And God, even times, there are many times where I've said no, and God gives it to her, and God tells me, that was me. And I'm just like, you know, I'm, not, I'm always going to always do what God has asked me to do. I'm like, okay. Jesus, Lexi's like, I use my faith and got it, mommy. <laughs> Jesus is like, that was me. <laughs> and I'm like, yay. <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> Woohoo. This is great, Jesus. <laughs> um, but she got the balloon, 
And then the balloon over time, you know, started doing what all balloons do. This balloon, and she's still playing with it. Cause Lexi is, Lexi's so loyal in all ways. She got the balloon, balloon dragging on the floor. She's like, yay! Yay! Someone, someone blessed me with this balloon. I'm so thankful. So the balloon got to a point in its lifespan where I thought, it's reasonable <laughs> to part ways. <laughs> so, so I did. I popped it in order for it to fit into the trash can. <laughs> so she tells you I killed Balloony. That's what she's talking about. I just explained to her that, first of all, I was like, Lexi, is Balloony a living or non-living item? And then I'm like, you know what? I recycle Balloony. Because I actually did recycle Balloony. <laughs> Maybe he'll come back as another balloon. Maybe he'll come back as, I don't know, paper plate. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> um, I was just kind of feeling like, I started, I'm like, man. Like, at first I was like, I'm just going to ignore it. But she kept saying it too many times. I was like, sound good. Please stop telling people I killed your balloon. <laughs> Please. Nonetheless, um, God cares about the small things that you care about. But he is mighty and he is all powerful and he is wise. The response that he he gave to the Pharisees, that was wisdom. He said, go ahead and stone him. It's the law. They were trying to trap him. They're like, it's the law. Jesus didn't break the law. He said, sure. <laughs> but let, you know, <laughs> let the person who's never sinned go first, right? That's wisdom, which is different from knowledge. The Lord wants to give you wisdom. He's updating your GPS to get you where you're supposed to be. He's, he's telling you to go this route. You're like, but this don't look like the way I was supposed to. This don't look at all like I'm going to Faith Christian Center in Austell, Georgia. I mean, you started in the swamp, though. Like, you took so many wrong turns. <laughs> like, you way, way off course. So, yes, you have to drive through the country for a little bit before you get back to the highway. He absolutely um, has your best everything. in mind when he leads you and guides you at all times. Because the Bible tells us he wants us to prosper as our soul prospers. God doesn't just care about you being financially prosperous, but he does care about you being financially prosperous because that is a blessing to have money, to buy food, to pay for shelter. That is important. 
to be a blessing to others who may not have it, to help spread the gospel. God absolutely wants you to be financially prosperous, but he also knows that that is not enough. If you have, if you're only, if you only got, I'm so out of touch with like what's hip, so this is probably not gonna sound right, but if you only got the bag, which is probably not what people say, I know they say chasing the bag, but I don't know how to turn that into the right. Like, I don't know grammatically what I was supposed to do in that moment with the bag, per se. But y'all know what I'm trying to say. If that was, if it was only about the bag and only about stuff that will not last, and you cannot take it with you, after that last breath has passed, you came into this world with nothing and you will leave this world without that Louis Vuitton purse. Right? It would be of a no benefit if they just threw your stuff in a grave with you. It would be more <laughs> of a if it's just gave it to somebody else, <laughs> you cannot do anything with it. It's just gonna be nasty, gonna be bugs all up in it. <laughs> it's not even gonna look the same. <laughs> so when he tells you to do anything, when you see it in the word of God or when the Holy Spirit is leading you, it is with your best interest at heart. It is because he loves you. It is because he knows exactly what you need in order to be prosperous in every way. He's talking your peace. He's talking your physical health. He's, he's, he's mindful of and considering um, friendships, relationships, uh, children, community. Honestly, on top of all of that, he's about to answer a whole bunch of other prayers that other people have been praying using you and also you'll be fulfilling your calling you'll be helping out your community probably you know helping the earth honestly Jesus is so great <laughs> at what he does that I can't even sit here today at church and describe all of the good <laughs> that will come from you making that one right turn because his ways so much higher than ours. But it is going to be good. And yeah, something bad is going to happen. Not, you know, there's going to be trials and new tribulations. But no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. It's not going to prosper. It's not going to work out. You saw it, but it, it, but it didn't turn into anything. It was of no effect. Now, maybe to you it was, which is why we need to run to Jesus. Maybe to you it was mentally, you're like, ooh, but I saw it. <laughs> and that shook me, or I'm angry, or I'm scared, or whatever. It is that you are, but you bring that to the Lord, and he heals you. Maybe for you it was a traumatic experience. And you need to run boldly to the throne of God where you will receive help in your time of need, and he will heal you from the traumatic experience. 
and it will take time a lot of times. And that is okay. He has described and he's taught us from the word of God about seed, time, and harvest. We see it in the natural all the time. When you plant a plant or you plant a tree, it does not, you don't turn around the next day and get the harvest for the seeds that you just planted. It doesn't mean it's not working. It doesn't mean it's not growing. It doesn't mean nothing is happening. It just needs time. So the Bible has told us that, you know, taught us about seed time and the harvest and has also uh, told us that, um, or taught us that it's faith and patience that inherits the promises of God. It's faith and patience. And then the Holy Spirit, and the wonder thing, you know, the Bible says so many things that I feel like my time is running out, so I'm just gonna try to say it real quick. But with Christ, you could do all things. So the patience that you're like, I lack in grand abundance, you'll find yourself where you need to be and not because of anything you did. So the Holy Spirit will do this work in you. Could you just kind of, I'm not sure what time. Okay. All right. So family, I'm going to ask, we're going to end here. I am going to give a special altar call, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Kurt if he can come up here and give uh, just the altar call for salvation and rededication and being um, uh, filled with the... um, the gift of speaking in other tongues. But before I do, I do want to get, nah, I guess I don't have time for that. Okay. All right. So family and online, wherever you are in your home or in your car or at work, I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit with me. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the Metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You can also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast and then we have our daily devotional podcast which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember something good is going to happen to you today so expect miracles. God bless.